0: we have more warnings we have more reality we've been doing a lot of reality checks here tonight and we're going to continue with it also talk about the housing market it's so political who can solve it can the conservatives solve it with the liberals part of it can the liberals get their economic stuff together but really what can governments do and now there is another question that's been posed are we really leveling with people especially young people Is the housing affordability that we're lamenting that is no longer there, is it even possible for it to return? Eden Rahim is joining us, Portfolio Manager and Options Strategist with NextEdge Capital. Eden, good evening.
1: Arlene, thank you for having me.
0: I I love this question because it's one I've asked over and over again, and now it's finally out there. Or all the things that are creating the energy and discussing the housing market, yes, we can build more homes, but look, we've got the bank rate going up, all of this stuff, but can it really bring it all back? Are more homes going to bring things down to an affordable price, or are they just going to be possible for more people to pay the same price? Eden, are we leveling with people, especially young people about what is possible here?
1: Well, Arlene, first of all, just, uh, your timing is impeccable. It was actually, I, I attended the, uh, the Canadian real estate conference, the Veritas Canadian real estate conference today at the national club. And these were exactly the sort of questions that were being mulled, um, by experts and so on as to, you know, important, important, it's important to understand where we go from here. It's how we got here. And, um, um, I think that uh, you know. Long story short, um, I don't think we've quite leveled with young people, and I think the reality of where the market is positioned right now, um, there's a considerable amount of unwinding that has to be done to make housing affordable in proportion to what incomes are. And I, I, I think that we're in for a period very much like what the U.S. went through. 15 years ago, between 2007 and 2012, when prices fell in some markets up to 40%, but it fell relentlessly for six years because the valuations got so detached from what people's ability based on their incomes um, were to support that. In Canada, I think we have something really unique that that fueled it. One is obviously the, the, the profligate liquidity from interest rates that were superficially held too low, which we're now paying the piper for. But the other thing is we had such substantial immigration in Canada in the order of 40,000 per month for you know a country of you know 35, 36, 37 million, which is substantial. So the competition for for housing, whether it's condos or, or detached or, or townhouses or so on, is so strong it's really difficult for canadians based on their incomes to actually support this to afford housing so unless you you know inherited something and it's been passed down to you it really is a very difficult situation that you know young people face right now and it's very unfortunate because we all had the opportunity when we were young to be able to afford housing um, that was in proportion to our income. So I, I'm sorry for rambling on, but, you know, it, it is a difficult situation right now. And and I don't think we're quite honest with them. Certain policies have to change to put us on that path.
0: As you say, <clears throat> and it, it really stands to sense. The demand just seems to be too strong and it doesn't stop. And if things loosen up, we all know that the lineup is going to get longer. Do you see anything that would bring it back to before, or is that just ancient history?
1: So it, 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 unfortunately, real estate is like an oil tanker. So if you go through every real estate bubble that's unwound, then un, the unwind takes like up to almost a decade. And in case of, you know, a place like Japan, it's been going on for 30 years, you know, even though they're near full employment. So um, in, in the case of Canada, the gap between, you know, housing affordability and rental costs is so wide. It's so widest in the G7 that I think there is a lot of ground that has to be given to make housing affordable again, based on our incomes. And then you add to that the fact that um, with the tightening that is regrettably necessary um, to bring the market back into balance, you know, bank lending standards are going to go up as well, which means that even access to credit, even if you are credit worthy, is going to become more difficult than it has been in the past, you know, to qualify, you know, you know for, for instance, you know, to qualify for certain mortgages now, you know, you're, you're stress tested at 7%, you know, so, so that's, which is really more in line with how we had to qualify for mortgages, you know, a decade yeah. or two ago, yeah. right? But the prices obviously aren't at those levels, but you have to qualify for that because, you know, you know, having a half a million dollar plus mortgage now is, 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 is de rigour. You know, uh-huh. Back then it would, would have been obscene. Um, so I think you know, it, it really is an unfortunate state of affairs. We have to let this process run its course. And it's working in favor of young people. But unfortunately, it's not something that, that is going to be rectified today or tomorrow. It's going to take many years.
0: You know, I remember really, yeah, I remember years ago we used to talk about New York City and here in Canada. We marveled, didn't we? Oh, man, that's we right. Can't afford a place there and London. Oh, and it was just not the case here in Canada. Absolutely. Well now, well, now certainly New York is probably easier than, than the city of Toronto. London probably is a little bit easier as well, or it's a level playing field. So is this just about in it's big cities, but I'm answering my own question. No, it's not. With the pandemic, we've seen all those little havens where people could do the other thing and they're under the same pressure.
1: Well, you know, that's a, that's a great point. And what we've seen as a result of the pandemic, you know, you know, we're, we're accustomed to paying, you know, when times are more normal, maybe a thousand square foot for housing in, in Toronto. Well, that's close to $1,800 a square foot. But the remarkable thing is how expensive it is in the suburbs. You know, distant places where you, where it's a very long commute and so on, and and everyone thinks that we will forever be working from home, so they're they're not gun shy about paying you know twelve thirteen hundred dollars a square foot for a suburban housing, which makes no sense at all. It absolutely makes no sense at all. Um, you know, the gap you know between Toronto and let's say Mississauga has gone from seventy six percent to about thirty five percent. You know, other places like Hamilton, you know, it's mm-hmm. less than that, and it makes no sense at all. And, you know, it, part of that is that pandemic flight. Now, of course, we've seen so many dislocations happen as a result of the pandemic, you know, mispricing everywhere. So, you know, even that has to be corrected. It just doesn't make any sense. And again, we're going to see that migration back to the city. We're going to see that that move back. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, there are so many moving parts, things that have to be done. And, you know, um, creating a new problem to solve a, a policy problem that existed before is not the solution. Um,
0: let, me, let me ask you, Eden, are people going to lose? I mean, it seems that people are starting to prepare people. The stuff that happened to other generations may be happening to them. And there was a positive spin put on this right from the beginning. I don't want to be negative about it, but these warnings seem to be, you know, doing the warm up bombing for the big fall or the potential for some to have a fall that they're not prepared for.
1: That's correct. And, you know, we've seen that every cycle and it, it is going to happen. And again, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like a Cassandra, but that, you know, we 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 have the blueprint. You know, we we really just have to look south of the border and see what happened 15 years ago. You know, obviously there are different dynamics and different reasons, um, uh, but we have variations on that theme up here. And, and, you know, with markets and stocks and all that, they'll have savage bear markets and it'll last a year, a year and a half, and then they recover because they're always forward looking and so on. Not so with housing. Housing is like um, like turning around. Turning around the Exxon Valdez. It's a long, drawn out process, and 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 that's where we find ourselves, unfortunately. And and you know, ultimately, we. And again, I don't want to be simplistic or cavalier about it. Um, the piper has to be paid. So when you have policies that you know, it, when prices were going up, everyone was happy because their their real estate was going up. So you you pay no attention to act, to what's causing this disproportionate move in, in real estate prices relative to income growth, right? Yeah. And nobody and seemed to care. Yeah. No one cared.
0: No one cared. And now it's all coming. And I'm sure the people listening to us right now going, wow, I'm the rubber's hitting the road. Edem Rahim is a portfolio manager and options strategist with next edge capital. Even thank you for this honest, blunt news. We appreciate it.
1: It was a delight. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Don't go away. I'm Arlene Biden. and this is On Point.